Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a longtime friend and winner of the 2010 Infusionsoft Ultimate Marketer of the Year Award, Bob Britton. And Bob got his start in business with an auto repair shop. He took a small one-man show shop and grew it into multiple locations, generating millions in revenue in just a few short years. Being an avid computer geek since childhood, Bob took his techie knowledge and applied it to business automation to triple the sales and profits in his business. He then started two other businesses, Computer Service Profits, a company that helps small IT business owners utilize powerful marketing strategies, and Marketing Automation Group, a team of highly motivated entrepreneurs working together to implement automation in their businesses and reap tremendous rewards in doing so. Winning the Infusionsoft Ultimate Marketer Award came from his unique ability to combine technology with traditional business to see massive improvements in efficiency and profits. Bob now spends his time helping other small business owners realize their dreams and duplicate the success he's enjoyed. Bob lives in upstate New York with his high school sweetheart, two children, and is taking time away from them today at my request so he can share with us some of his best business growth and automation secrets. So, Bob, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Really, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. We were talking about this before. In some circles, people are a little bit more internet, uh, not internet, but just automation savvy. But you know, there's a ton of people out there who just like s- small hinges swing such big doors, and they just you know they're just so unaware. And like you said, like you stepped, I think once you said you stepped out into like communities outside of Infusionsoft, and it was just like light bulbs going off for everybody out there, and it, it, it's life changing information for a lot of these people. Like it's, it's, it's massive. So, um, totally. yeah, so I really appreciate it. Cause I'm hopeful that there's a couple of people listening to this call today whose lives will be changed. Cause I know that when you were up on stage, you were talking about, you did the triple, triple. I remember you did a presentation. <laughs> you're like, I did the triple, triple. I tripled my profits. I tripled my business projects and I tripled my time off or it was something like that. I think that yeah, was the third. Like that. Was that the third one? <laughs> yeah. You were like, I did the, tri-. and I was like, Oh, like my jaw, like I was drooling. Like they had to, they had to bring him up to, cause I was like, how did he do? Cause at the time I was doing, you know, the 16 hour grind and you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And then, uh, so I appreciate that, man. You, you know, for spurring me into action. So, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you've done some amazing things since that's very cool. I know it's an interesting journey that all of us are on. So, but how did you even get started? I mean, we touched a little bit that you started off, you know, kind of techie you, as a child, you had an interest in technology at least, but did yeah. you, how did you get to the auto shop? I remember part of your story too, like you bought it and then you were like, ah, oh, what I do? Cause it was like a terrible location and stuff. And so oh, like, man, t- it was like, yeah. How did you get started? So, well, that's, I, I where we start all the way to the beginning or, you know, let's, let's, um, shortcut a little bit. So I'll give you the, the, the abridged version. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've always wanted my own business ever since I was a young guy, but you know, I, I took a job when I was in my early twenties as a mechanic because, you know, uh, I, I had kid, I got married young and I had kids came along and I needed a way to support this, you know, my young family. And after a short while of working as a mechanic, I was just like, I'm never going to make any real money here. You know, these guys get paid dirt and uh, it must be the owners that make all the real money. So very quickly I decided what, well, you know, I could do better than the other owners that I had worked for. And, and, uh, you know, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was very ambitious, but, I, but not really didn't have any of the skills. So 
I ended up being, uh, you know, buying a, a a business that was in terrible location, was tremendously in debt. It was it was failing in every way and every measure of a, of a good business. This thing was failing, and unfortunately, I didn't really understand what I did. And I bought this thing for a million dollars, and I didn't even I didn't have any money. I just basically promised my life and soul to the previous owner to buy this thing, oh. and that would have been fine if it included any real estate, which it didn't. Oh, it didn't no. include any equipment. Everything what? was worn out. It was like old dusty boxes. The customers hated the business. I mean, it was just like in such decline. I look back now, I'm like laughing at myself, like, what the hell? What was I thinking? But, you know, you've heard the statement, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, right? So <laughs> uh, that is like, I literally lived that. I'm like, all right, well, if I don't pay this guy and I don't grow this company, like, I'm done. I'm going to take, they're going to take my house, my car, my kids, everything. And so I was like, I had time to go to work. And I just started pouring myself into direct response marketing because that location was so bad that you couldn't see this building from the street. You like had to go basically and, you know, turn and drive. And, and so I'm like, I got to make this a destination business. I got to make people want to come here. So I started really pouring myself into direct response and I read everything. I went to these closed door boot camps and started to learn, started testing things. And, you know, frankly, I got really good at it. And I, I started just like jamming that business with cars. And we, we actually had to like rent uh, parking lots that were down the street, park cars down the street because there's so many cars that were coming in. And so I, I got really good at that, except I had another painful lesson to learn there, which is I call my churn and burn. So yeah, I got really good at driving in a ton of new business and the staff that I had, because I didn't have any management skills, mm-hmm. all they did is burn them off, burn them out as fast as I was bringing them in. So right. <laughs> it was right. like, it was, it was like, oh my God, now I'm spending money to bring these people in. I'm bringing them in and we're pissing them off and they're not coming back. So I had to really learn the management side of things. And luckily I found a mentor and, you know, that really changed everything for me. He helped start, helped me to start really you know, focus on the right things, make good decisions, get good people, and grow that business. So that's yeah. really what, you know, that's what the, the original version of it. Yeah, no, but it's good. And there's a couple of key, I mean, first of all, if anyone's listening to this and they're in any sort of high-pressure situation, know that, you know, massive growth can come out of it. And that really, without that need, without that pressure, there's no... I mean, nothing fails like success. I've heard that saying said before. Like, you know, and I, honestly, it's even a bit of a problem. Uh, I feel like I have now that I, you know, at least in the sense that I'm not, it's not as hungry as I was when I was first starting out, you know, and you're like roof and ramen, you know, like you're just trying to make it by at the end of every month, you know. So <laughs> yeah, there, totally. it's, it's funny, but when you're on the other end of it, you really appreciate those early days. So that's true, too. And, and I like that you said that you, how you got a mentor because in truth like I don't know anyone who's ever won a gold medal at the Olympics or anyone who's ever really done much in business without some sort of coaching and guidance right so yeah. um, so right, so what were some of the big cha- how did you make it a destination I mean that one I just piqued my interest when you said that because it was this little like you said you couldn't really see it terrible location rundown yeah. equipment so how do you how do you do that how do you take a brick and mortar business and make it like a destination business well, you, you learn marketing, uh, and you and you, you get really creative with the things that you do. You, you know, you've got to really d- differentiate yourself. I mean, if, if we talk about a key in in any market, especially in a in a competitive market like that was in auto repair, you know, you, you've got to differentiate yourself. And how do you do that? Well, it's driving perception. And a lot of business owners don't understand that. You know, it's our job as the owner to put out the perception of what we are and who we are and what we do. But if we don't take on that role and take that role seriously, then people lump us into the same category as everyone else and there's no differentiation. And therefore, you can't charge premium prices because you're not different, you're the same as everyone else. But what they miss is, that's not the customer's fault, it's ours. Right. We're, not the, they're not, we're not putting out the messaging and, and, uh, and every aspect of your business has to feel, smell, taste, you know, whatever different than everyone else, the way you handle things, the way you communicate, all of it. And when you really do a good job at looking at all those aspects, your customer gets the perception, which is the reality, right? I mean, perception is reality. Uh And uh, they get the perception that you are totally unique and different and special. And, you know, that that changes everything. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really agree with that. I mean, especially because it it can make a huge difference whether you're just another – I mean, was it the – 80% 80% of people live, leave businesses due to indifference. Like, why yeah. Why is this place any different than anywhere else I could go? So, Now, with yeah. automation, I know a lot of people say that, but doesn't automation make things sound robotic? And, like, you know, isn't that 
Isn't that a big danger if you automate things that then everything you kind of lose personality and that human touch? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I think people make too much out of that. I think that there's a time when it when it makes sense to automate certain things because, like, I mean, look at Uber, right? Yeah. Uber is a perfect example of automation taken to the eleventh degree, yeah. and uh, I freaking love it. I Uber all the time, everywhere <laughs> I, everywhere I travel, you know. And it, it could it be uh, is it impersonal? Okay, but the the darn thing shows up on time when I know it's going to show up. You know what I mean? So yep. Yep. I think that. It's really more of a perception than a reality. And if you're really doing a good job of, of you know, keeping the personality in your communication, then you know the automation piece is just a matter of how how the thing gets delivered. But you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, Daryl, and I, and I hope that I'm, maybe I'm not segueing here, but you know, you started to talk about maybe what was my greatest challenge, and we went off on the on the tangent of of um, of marketing and how do I make it a destination business. But the truth is the biggest challenge that I've had and I did have and I continue to work on is my own head. You know, my feelings of doubt, my my insecurity, my fears, uh, those are the things looking back uh, are the, the things that my, one, my mentor helped me a lot with, but also were, the, were some of the biggest hurdles. Like I didn't even realize the things that I was doing to self-sabotage, to screw myself up. like limiting beliefs that that I had and and the more I tended to kind of dig into that area and and get those things right all of a sudden a lot of these other pieces just fell into place and so I think that's I I know that's we're you know we're on a a marketing and automation call but but you know it's it's just so important that I wanted to bring that up because it really it that's the thing that really hit home for me and it's something that I think that a lot of the clients that I work with struggle with you know even it may, some of them are conscious of it some of them aren't conscious of it mm-hmm. but it does mess with people an awful lot oh it does i mean a lot of, especially i think especially the really kind of high achiever type of entrepreneur because we're so i don't want to say powerful but i think like we're such good implementers and we're really good at creating things in our life that we want that we are so dangerous i, I can actually relate to a client that i know that's built a multi-million dollar company and had sort of a squabble with with a vendor and it it started to affect their business more than anything else and it wasn't like mm-hmm. and it was mostly like you said it was just because their focus like do you know what i mean it's almost like mm-hmm. like uh, there's a movie uh, x-men and there's uh what's his name the guy that's got the laser beam view, vision do you know what i'm talking about oh. Yeah, I do know. I can't remember. I can't remember his name either. I don't. It's not Cyclops or whatever. But anyways, he's like with Wolverine. He's like with Wolverine. Then, but it's like it's like that. Whatever we focus on will grow. Like we're so good at that. So if you take our eye off the prize, um, there's actually even a really good interview for um, Eric Schmidt, CEO of Google, did with Fortune Magazine, where he was recommended to get a coach, and he was like, "I don't need a coach. Why would I need a coach? Am I doing something wrong?" And it was like, "No, but everybody needs a coach because you, you when you're in the game, it's really hard." to watch what you're doing and where you're when you're focusing on the wrong things and you know and you're missing the bigger picture so i think yep. that mindset piece is really huge having trained a lot of athletes myself too people just get down they get frustrated you have mood swings um you don't even you know family influences you You don't even know what's going on so yep. um so all well, right see, i found that people people get messed up over money too you know they like the the fear of loss is greater than the desire for gain a lot yes. of times it, so yes. people will be like, oh, you know, I, I don't know about this. I'm like, what do you, I mean, I, I had a fight, not a fight, but I had, you know, one of my favorite clients I've been working with for a long time. And we went round and round. I'm like, you need to start doing pay-per-click advertising. She's like, oh, that's like, that's like gambling online. Yeah. I'm like, it's yeah. not <laughs> know what you're doing. And trust me, I'm right here with you. You know, we went round, it took her like a long time to really get her head right around it. And now it's her number one strategy yep. to get for making money. It's like printing money for her yeah. now, but yeah. it was a long time for her to get there. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, funny. no, I, I fully yeah. agree. It's so it's so funny because people they'll hire a sales rep and they'll pay that sales rep like a baseline salary, like two three grand a month plus commission, you know. And that sales rep can fumble around for two three months, but if they spend a thousand dollars on ads and they don't get a result, you know, it's like yeah, they're burning money. I totally get that. I totally get yeah. that. So yeah, mindset's such a huge thing, and, and even just people don't get that. Somehow you mentioned positioning and marketing, but you know, even just in the problems that we have the how you look at it can change the can change everything about it for you. It can either be the oh. biggest problem and it can be like a nightmare scenario and the sky is falling or it could be your biggest opportunity. So now um, let's, I do want to ask, so mindset was a big one, figuring out how to do marketing. And, and so for you, you said it was positioning, it was direct response. Can you talk a little bit about oh. why direct response? 
versus like branding? Yeah, well, uh, branding is awesome if you're uh, you know a multi-billion-dollar company and you got uh, money to burn, and, and that's not entirely true. You don't have to be a, a huge company to use branding, but you have to understand how to use branding. When you're when you're getting started, and if you're like I was, where you're you know the the, the pockets were not that deep, and you needed every dollar to count, then I I want a scenario, and I think that most of my clients do, is that if I spend a dollar. Uh, on an ad or some type of marketing or promotion, then I want 10x back. I want $10 back in my pocket. And until I've solved and cracked that code and, and that equation is now working, there really shouldn't, you shouldn't be really focusing on anything else other than that. You've got to stay in that space of, all right, I'm going to be obsessed with attract, attracting customers that convert to buyers or attracting prospects that convert to buyers. And, and you know, that's really lesson number one. And so, Direct response is the fastest, most effective way to get that kind of result. And, you know, I had a, a mentor, my mentor said to me, he's like, look, direct response is the kind of marketing that will get somebody off the couch. They're sitting on the couch. They got a cold beer next to them. They're about ready to watch their favorite football game. And your message comes in front of them and it'll get them off the couch, over the phone to pick up the phone and call you. That's the kind of uh, marketing that you want to do. And I'm like, all right. So that's, I kind of always keep that in the back of my head. Like, all right, that's the goal. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right here with you. I definitely agree with that. So first you had to figure out how to market. You had to figure out how to do results-based marketing, which I think can yeah. be really tough because in, you know, the, 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 the tough reality is it's a lot easier to, to, what do I want to say? It's, it's a lot easier. To, well, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier to either just jump on the new shiny objects, you know, bandwagon, or to be like, well, I'm I'm a content marketer, and I'm you know, it's going to take time, or I'm doing SEO, and it takes eight to sixteen yeah, months, yeah. you know, versus the real raw like, look, I made this many offers, this many people, and nobody responded. I got a million impressions, and I got no orders. Like you know, like so. I think I, I really think that. So figuring out marketing, the mindset. What were some other big key challenges that? forced you to in the early days to kind of like you know to figure all this stuff out well i i I think i i had to really figure out that uh the the money in the marketplace goes to the guy or the person who's perceived to be like the best um and i don't know how to phrase that so that everyone understand but when you're when you're building a, a company you're building a business if you're seen as the same as everyone else, then you really can't be at the top of that. Um, But when you step out of that and create a new category or create a different way that you're doing things, you're seen as the leader or the expert. And the leader and expert never has a shortage of of customers or people wanting to give them money. And, and, And in fact, they can charge anything they want because they're seen and perceived as you know, this separate, unique type of thing. They have their own way of doing things and it's, you know, it's, it's extremely valuable. So people will line up to give you money. And in auto repair, that was really difficult to do in terms of marketing. (laughs) And speaking of difficult things, I was joking with somebody the other day, but it's really true. Like I got to be a really good salesman. Like I did, I, cause I, in the situation I was in, I had to sell something that nobody wants auto repair at a profit margin nobody wanted to pay for. <laughs> so mm. it's like, you think about it for a second. Like, I, who wants to spend a dollar more on their car repairs than they have to, right? right? Nobody. Nobody in their right mind. And so in the situation I was in, I had to sell at a really high profit margin. My labor rates were higher than everyone else. And so I got really good at selling. And the other day I was I was selling something and it was like $12,000, which now is like, you know, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But then that was huge for me. Right. And and I, so I got I got really really good at selling stuff, and then I'm, now I'm selling other things. Move on many years later, I've been sell, I've sold all kinds of products and services, millions of dollars worth of various stuff, and it's easy because I actually sell stuff that people want now, and they want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I just had this realization that I'm selling things that people want, and that makes it so much easier. So, getting back to your thing, your, your question is like really focusing in on it, becoming. Uh, not only just unique, but a, com- a completely new category uh, in your niche or in the marketplace that you're in can really make you the standout leader. And then price becomes almost irrelevant. 
Right, no. right, right. Now, if anyone there struggles with with sales, you mentioned that you had to learn how to become a good sales sales rep or salesperson and how to do selling. Like, what would you recommend to someone who's starting out or who's struggling or you know, who just has a lack of confidence, I guess, in trying to trying to ask well, for the ask for payment? Two two things. Um, well, there's two parts to that. First, first, it, it, maybe let's deal with the uh, the uh, the mental part of that a little bit. So. One thing that I found to be extremely helpful is to like choose a financial goal, like whatever it is, whatever you think you can get to, you know, per month. I kind of like to do the per month, like, all right, so this much per month I want to make. And then you want to list all of the reasons that you can do it. So set a timer on your phone or whatever, give yourself five minutes and list all the real valid reasons that you believe are true that you can get to that goal. And then every morning before work, read them. That strategy is extremely powerful. Like it'll really help with the head junk and, and the motivation too, by the way, will go through the roof. So you, you choose that goal, you list all the reasons for five minutes, put them all down, everything that you can do that you believe in your heart is true about you that will help you get to that goal. It's a reason, valid reason why you can do that and then read it every day. So that's the mental side. The other side is just get some training. Like if you're not good at sales, sales is not a built-in innate thing it is a learned skill especially if you take it to an art form when you get really really good at it you are somebody that has worked at it has thought about it has practiced i mean i've screwed up more sales than probably most of the people on this planet but i (laughs) I've, i've done that and i've learned every time the nuances and the little details and that makes me you know i get smarter and smarter because i screw it up all the time so I would say get some training, find great people, find really good books. Uh, one of my favorite books on selling is called Spin Selling. It's a fantastic book. It's really an easy read, but it's great for people who are starting out. Helps get your head right about what is the sales game and understanding the the process. And, and you're, just by reading that, you, all of a sudden you'll, your, your awareness of what's going on around you will expand and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm being sold. I didn't even realize it before. And they're using this technique. I got them. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know? <laughs> the other one is uh, the, the Art of Closing the Sale by Brian Tracy. I love that. I used to, when I was driving back and forth to the shop, I had it on tape. This was way back in the tape days. And I was, uh, I would listen to it every day back and forth to work. And I learned like all these little phrases and these little, you know, I just learned and I became a student of that. And, uh, and that was tremendously helpful. I think you can get it on his website now for like 20 bucks or maybe even less, uh, phenomenal value right there. Brian Tracy's amazing. His, his, uh, marketing director of like 10 plus years was actually on our show. Chelsea Frederick, if anyone wants to check that out, definitely go check out that interview. Um, you know, it's funny, Gary Bensavenga is one of the world's most legendary, uh, and cited as the, the, the highest or best performing copywriter, living copywriter today. And he always says he breaks down every sale into two parts, opening the sale and then closing the sale. So it's interesting that this was the art of closing the sale. So the opening part is to just identify the right prospect and to decrete the desire and that it's for me kind of feeling. Then the closing sale is obviously overcoming what I think are, tends to be mostly those mental hurdles. Because you, you talked about the mental game and I, I wonder, I mean, I, I don't really, I'm not really a self-proclaimed great salesperson, but I do think I can be pretty persuasive. Would you agree that in a lot of the sales, that's almost what it is, is helping people through their own psychological BS? Like even um. just... I, I'm going to interrupt you there with a resounding yes. I, and I think that um, the way I look at it is people, if you've got something that's truly going to help somebody and it solves the problem that they have, then there really is actually no logical reason for them to say no. If they've got the problem and you, you've got the solution and you know that your solution will make a pretty big impact in their life and, and fix whatever this problem is that they've got, right. then, then why would they say no? Right. And so the sales process is actually helping them overcome that mental junk that messes them up or the self-sabotage or the fear of loss you know, versus the desire for game. All of those things come into play in the sales in the sales situation. You know, right. the trust is trust is a big thing, too. Like, is this actually going to deliver for me? You know, right. so, yeah, definitely. That's a really good analogy. Like, because I, I guess if I had the cure for arthritis 
And I just knew, like anybody I could, I could convince to take these pills for three weeks, their arthritis pain, if not completely eliminated, would be reduced drastically, 80%, 90%. You know, right. like you said, it's it's almost as a business owner, I, it's it's my duty to, sh- to help, like, you know, to become an evangelist for this cause and to find everybody's suffering I can and get them to take these pills. But like you said, if they don't know me, if they've never seen me off the street from, you know, Joe Blow or, or whoever else, you know, like you said, yep. there's no trust, there's no reason for them to believe me but i don't know any people listening you have to think about how would you approach that then like you know that confidence in your own product and you know not even willing to be like look you're being stupid right now you just need to just try try the damn pills look and that's even <laughs> where the whole like rev- risk reversal comes right like look just try the damn pills buy the bottle if after three yeah. weeks you don't have any difference and you've taken the pills because if you don't take the pills it's your own damn fault you know then call me and i'll give you your money back but it's not going to happen because this stuff is amazing and here's a list of forty thousand other people that have taken it been cured so just yeah. you know is that well you hit on you hit on an important thing there daryl you know the, the 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 real and if somebody stopped me and said bob you know what do you think is the single most important thing in sales or in business or in anything it is absolutely your own personal confidence because mm. i can teach i can teach people the skills i can teach them the techniques mm. i can give them tools but at the end of the day it's the confidence that wins over 100 percent because if you don't, if you're talking about your product, your service, your business, whatever you're doing, and you don't have absolute unwavering confidence in yourself and what you're doing and how it's going to help people, how the hell is somebody else going to be able to believe in you if you right, don't? Right, right, right. It's you, like you know what? And I, some of the things I work on with my clients is like I have to, I actually have to sell them on themselves. Like, you know, I was working with a client today. I was like, you listen, you have a phenomenal product, don't you? Well, yeah. Okay. Does it help people? Yeah. All right. Well, your competitor is charging five times more than you are. Oh, yeah, but they're just really expensive. Okay. <laughs> but does your product help people the same as that? Well, yes, it may be more. Okay. So maybe you should be 10 times more expensive, you know? Yeah. Like, I, it, was, it was a mental junk there that, you know, like, I, I can never charge that much. Well, why not? Have you ever tried? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so that confidence, but you know what? It comes with, that's where a coach can be extremely valuable too, is somebody to say, Hey, you know, it's okay to be afraid to ask for that kind of money or it's okay to be afraid of it, but let's try it and see what happens. And, oh, and here's some tools and some resources that'll help you get to that point. You know? uh, uh, Just smashing through those barriers, you know? Yeah, right. And now is that some of the, like, cause I was gonna say, like, what are some of the greatest, you've worked with a ton of clients and you help automate a ton of different businesses. So what are kind of the most common mistakes you see your clients making? It's, it's confidence. It's the mental hurdle. What else are kind of the things that trip people up? Um, oh man, uh, there's a long list. <laughs> uh, confidence is definitely one of them. Not having, not having really invested in, in sales or sales skills or sales training, um, shiny object syndrome is awful. Like I see, uh, let's be frank. I know this is like an automation kind of thing, but honestly, uh, when I approach working with a, a business owner or a client, uh, at any point, they say, well, do I need an automation tool like infusion software entrepreneur? Do I need one of these things? And the answer is absolutely no, under no circumstance, because almost every single person I work with, they haven't done the foundational pieces of the work before that they need to do before that becomes really right. valuable. Right. So you've got to understand your, your market. You've got to understand your messaging. You've got to understand your avatar. You've got to do work around that area and then create powerful marketing messaging that really attracts people, that converts. Then we can automate that. But if we try to put this other automation piece first, we end up with an extra layer of complexity that just messes people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, garbage in, garbage out. You can. That's, totally I love right. that. Yeah, because you can automate. Like I can show you how to automate an entire business, but if you know, if you're refund, like if you if it's garbage, if it's like you said, if you're pissing people off, if it's non-responsive working, then you've got an automated turd. Really, <laughs> yes. I can tell it. you from my turn and burn story. You don't want that. <laughs> You need to prove of concept first, and then we'll crank it up to the nth degree and, and increase the profits. You know, when when I won the Ultimate Marketer Award those years ago, the reason I was able to grow that business and do what I did was because I already had those other foundational pieces in place, and then automating it, all, all it did was drop profit to the bottom line. Right, you know? right, right, and without right. Without those right. other, in fact, if you look look back at, and I don't know, I have you know the more recent uh, Ultimate Marketers, I, I don't know as well, but I definitely knew the people that were there and working it back in the day and every single one of them that really automated their business and did a great job with it already had 
phenomenal marketing prior to putting in the automation piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Greg is Greg is I would say well, probably one of my closest friends, and you know it's funny because he's an automation guru too. But his whole a lot of his clients, he's like, let's start you off with the manual process first because you got to be yep. in the trenches. You gotta you gotta get you gotta get dirty. You gotta be in it. I think a lot of people are afraid of work in some you know, and it's 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 kind of a shame. Like it's you know yeah. work and service. Like actually talk. Yeah, you got to pick up the phone, talk to your customer. Look, I know you'd rather just sit at home watch TV, but if you want to grow a business, <laughs> you're gonna have to do some. Work, you're gonna have to be actually invested, and so that might come back to even another point of like trying to make sure that your, like your 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 life purpose is in line with what you're trying to build a business around. Because if you're, you know, if you're a dentist but you just despise your clients and you just despise being in that chair, like you know what I mean, you're just not gonna be able to put the time and energy and effort in, like you said, to really to to empathize with your clients and be able to create marketing messages and communication messages around that and referral programs and like the things that you will need to build a successful business. And then like you said, and then automate it. So, um, there's, there's a lot of gems here. I hope people are taking notes because even when we talk about the things, I mean, it's almost like a checklist, all the things we talk about, like they're either things to do or things to not do. And that, you know, people listening to this, hopefully you're getting a really clear picture of what you need, could be doing or need to be doing in order to achieve the results that you want. So, um, so what about habits? So on the day to day, like Bob over what three businesses plus some, I mean, if you talk about your clients too, have, do you feel that there's certain habits that you've had in place that have really helped you kind of be consistent and, you know, almost shorten the, shorten the success cycle, so to speak? Um, well, getting negative self-talk, would definitely be a, a, a bad habit. Uh, some, I see some people fall into that where, you know, well, I, you know, I can't do it because of this, that, or the other thing. Um, I think that's really uh, um, a negative, you know, I, I, I call it like this, like I call it shooting on yourself. Like if you catch yourself like, oh, I should do this or I should do that. And you're, and you're spending a lot of time or energy or even any time thinking that way, you're at what you're doing is you're taking power and energy away from yourself and your creativity. And uh, when in the reality is a lot of people like what they're really running up against is what they're good at and what they're not good at. So I, I, for example, I had a client that they needed to write a lead magnet. And so, you know, a lead magnet, something to attract clients to their business. And they would sit down in front of a a blank page of Microsoft word and month after month, they just weren't getting it done. And he kept saying, I should do this. And I, I know I should, and I was like, whoa, 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 stop, man. You know what? That's that's not helpful. That's not that's not getting you anywhere, is it? You're not going to do it because you don't like that. He's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I don't like it. I don't. I'm. But he was an amazing person, to like to talk yeah. to other people. He was super personable. I said, here, I, here's what I want you to do: grab a tape recorder, go go get uh, somebody that is your perfect ideal client, set down the tape recorder, and have them interview you, and you interview them, and record the whole thing, and. It, and then we sent that to a transcriptionist, and then we sent it to an editor, and boom, we had a kick-ass lead magnet that he never he never wrote a word. All he did was answer questions and talk about stuff, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? It wasn't it wasn't that you're not capable. It wasn't that you're stupid. It's not. It's you just sitting in front of a keyboard in front of Microsoft Word is just not something you're going to do. But right. we, there's other ways to solve the problem. So all that yeah. negative junk and this I should and I I'm going to knuckle down and white knuckle it and do it. No, you're not. You're yeah. not going to do yeah. it, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's total fallacy. It's not. We don't work that way. And as human beings, I found it really ineffective to try to make ourselves do something that we're just not going to do. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was that quote that's like, if you told if, if you if if a fish went through life being told it needs to be able to climb a tree, it'd spend its entire life think it's thinking it's a failure. I love that. Like for me, that's kind of like webinars. Like for whatever it is, I, I got the content, I got all that. But you want me to build a slide deck and all that and the graphic stuff and hang out in PowerPoint. I did a ton of those when I was a kid, like in my early 20s. But for whatever reason now, it is not – it's worse than pulling teeth. Like I just need to – I outsource the slide decks and I just do almost like the podcast. Like boom, like done. I think that's really playing to your strengths and not being afraid yeah. of that. You know, I, I like that sh- – the shooting, the, the yeah. not shooting yourself. I know people that, you know, they don't even touch webinars and they do multiple millions. Um, yep. You know, in, in a time when apparently email is dead and teleseminars are dead, you know, like, yeah. don't well, listen to the hype. Yeah, don't listen to the hype. Yeah. It's, it's about communicating with people. So I, yep. I love that. So yep. 
You mentioned a lead magnet. So for those that don't know, lead magnet is basically like something you would trade someone to know who they are. So, you know, uh, unless you're in the business, unless you're extremely, extremely persuasive, which I think less than 0.005% of the population is, you need to build relationships with your prospects almost always. And so the concept is you would have something that people would come to you for and it could be free, it could be a low price point as well, and in exchange for that, you get to know who they are, so now you can kind of talk to them over time. Bob, now, I want to ask about this, though. When it comes to refining your sales pitch and your sales presentation, are you still a fan? Like, would you suggest someone drive traffic to a lead magnet first and then have them hit the sales video or the sales page or get on the phone and sell them, or would you just have them go straight to lead form or straight to the sales page or sales letter or whatever? I can tell you that um, I've, I've worked in now, let's call it a hundred different niches, every walk of business, you know, all kinds. Uh, and I cannot sit here and honestly say that one thing works better than the other. Fair what enough. I can say is different niches respond differently to different ways of presenting the material. Okay. So, and that's the honest answer. That being said, I have done you know, from a, from an ad directly to a webinar, I've done from an ad to a lead magnet to a webinar, I've done from an ad to a sales video, I've done from an ad to, you know, uh, a landing page, a squeeze page, you name it, every combination and iteration of that I've tried and different niches really do respond differently to different things. So, you know, all I could say to people is, hey, you know, let's test things. But my one rule of thumb, which I, I try to never vary from is, how quickly can I get eyeballs on an offer? Because until you make an offer to somebody, you're, they can't say no or they can't say yes. They, you know, so you've got to get an offer in front of people as quickly as possible and see what happens. Uh, so you know, it's measure, rinse, repeat, and then you know, try again and again. Sometimes adding that extra step in ahead of time. Okay, we need a little more trust. We need a little more authority. Okay, a lead magnet can deliver that. Sometimes we don't need that. You know, it depends on the price point, what we're selling. It, it, there's a lot of variables that kind of go into that decision. But at the end of the day, the marketplace always tells you, and they vote with their dollars. Right, right, right. So I love that. So you need eyes on the presentation to know whether it's a webinar, whether whatever eyes, it is. Eyes on the offer, man. Eyes Make on the it. offer. Put eyes on the offer. Well, eyes or ears, as the case may be, but <laughs> in today's you know, world, it's something. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually one of my mental issues. I remember at the beginning. I remember talking with Griggs. He's like, Daryl, eyeballs need to be sacrificed. Like, it's just going to have to happen. Like, you're just because you know you just. I was in this like hole, but it's not perfect yet. You know, like I gotta get, I gotta get the offer perfect. I gotta, and he's like, yeah, but you just like that's not for you to decide. It's for other people to decide. Humble. You know, and, you know, and at the same time, there's, I think there's some of the people listening, there's that fear, like some of these people listening, they probably are sitting on a multi-million dollar business, you know, they might be in a market where they could be generating millions and millions of dollars, but really they're only doing, you know, maybe a modest five figures a year. And it's not because they're not capable of more. It's because they're, they don't know what they don't know and they're self-limiting. Or maybe there's even that fear of actually being big. And what do I do with that attention? You know, like even when you talk about like, you're so busy that there's, you know, you you needed to rent out other parking lot spaces. And I think in some ways, that can be intimidating to people because now everywhere you go around town, everywhere you go, like, you know, there are eyeballs on you, right, Bob? And now you're going to conferences and you're on stage and suddenly there's yeah. like a limelight on you that maybe, you know, some people might be intimidated by. So, um, you were, you were asking me like what the biggest mistake people make and I, and it, it, something just zinged into my head. I'm like, yeah, I want to make sure I make this point that <clears throat> just because like, well, I'll use an analogy here, just because you know, the rules of football, right? American football doesn't mean you're ready to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you can understand the game, but not really understand the nuances. Right. And, and I think that's one of the big mistakes I see people make. Like, oh, well, I, re- you know, I went and bought this online course, and now I'm a, you know, a certified online marketing genius. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, you've learned the rules, but you maybe really don't understand the nuances, you know, and so I, I, I like to look at things from a, from a more practical standpoint, like, all right. And, and that's where, again, getting back to, I don't mean to harp on the coach thing, but that's where somebody who's kind of walked the road uh, before can say, well, okay, yes, that's the, that's the basic fundamentals. And yeah, you're right. You know, we, we want to move the, the ball forward in four downs, but there's, <clears throat> there's a little bit more to it than just that. You, you know what I'm right. saying? So, yep. 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 No, I totally get it. You can read about tennis all day, but until you're on the court swinging at balls, you don't, yeah. yeah. You don't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. the nuance. And it's yeah. safer, though. It's safer to live in the books, right? It's safer yeah. to live in the book. 
You're not yeah. going to get. You're okay. not going to get tennis elbow. You're not going to sprain your ankle. You're not going to have the pressure of a deadline of an actual match yeah. and people watching. Yeah. And did you win or did you're you not fail? Perhaps drop twenty grand on Facebook ads and get no money as a result of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've done it. <laughs> yep. yep. I've uh, not twenty grand, but I've I've definitely spent a ton of money. But you're buying data. I mean, that's what you tell yourself to make yourself feel better. But really, and it's true. But it's like that whole thing. Like if you give up, that's the other side of it. If you give up, then you really lost. You, you've only yeah. actually failed if you give up. If you keep going, then it's all just accumulative effort that builds on itself. But if you just give up, then then it's it's all for naught. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really powerful. That's that's really powerful. So, what do you think are some of the well? What do you think are some of the trends, the future trends in automation and? in this sort of stuff because now that we've got all sorts of great tools we have autoresponders we've got you know all these different uh, tools that allow us to leverage ourselves and leverage our ability to scale sales in a way that was never possible before what do you see as the future of this do you see like eventually they're just being like some sort of software that we all plug our businesses into or like do you know what I mean like is that that's probably too Uh, I I see I see the market going into verticals um and I'll give you an example on this. So, uh, yeah, I go to a massage therapist pretty regularly and she does a fantastic job. She's a, you know, a one, one person, uh, business owner. And I was having a conversation with her about business. She was asking me about what I do and I'm like, yeah, I help small business scale. And, and it was really a, a pain to book an appointment with her. Cause I had to call her and leave a voicemail and then she would call me back on her break and then we'd have to schedule back and forth. You know, it was like, a, it was, a, it was a mess just to make one appointment. And, so I said to her, I'm like, why can't you just have like an online system where I can just go and book my own appointment and I can even pay you in advance and, you know, just make it so much simpler. And she's like, oh, that'd be a really great idea. Well, of course, you know, coming from the, the space that I'm in, I'm like, well, there's add-ons to Infusionsoft, there's other things. Well, some guy just started up a, a company where he does exactly that just for massage therapists. So he has an online booking system just for a massage therapist and she bought it and it's like I don't know it's like 30 bucks a month it's some ridiculously small amount of money and and she's like it's so great it saves me so much time and I've got more better cash flow and all this other stuff I'm like yeah I know right so I'm thinking of that and you're asking me where, where do I see the trend I see that's being the trend there's going to be there are these various automation platforms there are these various uh, CRMs and all these other things out there but they're going to start going into verticals where this particular system works best for our repair shops and this particular one works best for massage therapists and this one's designed exactly for doctors and this one's for lawyers and this one's for because each business has its own unique type of nuances and requirements and you know there's just certain things like like uber you know perfect example you know that that particular system works beautifully for that particular niche so I think that you. I think that's where the industry is going to go, and and, uh, and and the more specialized things are, the better they meet the needs of that particular business owner and that particular business style. And so that's the direction I see. Now, and I agree with you because you see that you see that like there's the mind. Was it the Zen Planner and all these other different tools for like yoga studios and martial arts studios and that? But yeah. part of like when I was and and this is kind of more of just for me, but. I, I don't know. When you're talking about that, I'm like, yeah, but a business is a business is a business. I mean, every business needs yeah. referrals. Every business like needs to generate leads and turn them into customers. So I, I totally get that. But I guess is it just more kind of repackaging the same? Is it you know any color you want as long as it's black, but put in just a different dress <laughs> or what? Like well, maybe, but I mean, to your to your example, like uh, most business owners are busy and they don't want to they don't want to invent the wheel. Right. So they want somebody else to do all the heavy lifting and all they get is the result. And honestly, right. I mean, think about it, Daryl. Do we really care as business owners? Do we really care about anything other than the result? I yeah, don't. no, no, you no, know, no, just, no. Yeah, just give me the result that I'm after. So if I want an, an online booking system, I don't, even, I don't really even want that, right? What do I really want? Well, what I want is customers to be able to come and pay me without any having to, me having to answer the phone or do any kind of anything. And right. that's, that's what I'm after. So if you give me that, I'll buy it. You know, right. and I think that most business owners are that way. So, yeah, you're right. Um, to, to some degree, every business is the same. And yet, to some degree, every business does have special needs. And and uh, so if we can meet both of those, then there's, you know, a total win across the board. And and it almost comes back to the marketing. I mean, the tool might be the same back end tool, but geez, it's got seven different white labeled front ends because it has to speak to the potential person in their situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, okay. No, that's definitely yep. clicking for me. 
Yeah, yeah. okay. That makes a ton of sense. I definitely get that. Um, it's just been come such a long way. Do you think that there's been any big changes? Like, we're talking about the future, but have, seeing where we've come from, I mean, you've been at this game a long time. Longer than most, yeah. Longer than a lot of people. Do you think that there's anything that, like, what were the big significant evolutions? I'm just kind of curious. Because things, I think, you know, it's almost like a kid. Like, you never really notice your kid or your pet or something, like, grow because you're with them every day. But if you were to just come back and forth and look at them over time, you'd see these massive growths. You know, yeah. do you think that that's happened in the business community at all? Sorry, I know I'm not trying to throw you, like, a, a wild ball. But I, I actually want your perspective. As a guy who's been around for a long time, you know, looking back on how the communities have evolved, and even knowing that there's a ton of people out there that don't know a thing about any of this stuff. They're like, direct response, what? Like, all these businesses that depend on word-of-mouth marketing or just referrals, or, you know what I mean? Like, do you think there's yeah. been really big leaps and bounds? Do you think that there's massive gaps and some people are really far ahead and other people are far behind? Like, what uh, do you... Yeah. Well, and to answer that question, there's some that are far ahead and some that are far. If the, most of the people are probably listening to this this podcast, I would assume, are on the cutting edge of what is available in the business world. I know for a fact if I stopped a thousand business owners on the street and said, "Tell me about CRM automation tools that, and how it affects your business," most of them would look at me like a deer in the headlights, have no idea what the heck right. I'm talking about. Right. The this stuff that we're talking about and the things that we're doing, I know it's, it seems like it's been around a while, quote unquote, but in the grander scheme of things, it's still brand new. And then you look at, you add in like marketing platforms like Facebook. Facebook is without question one of the greatest marketing tools yes. that ever was created. And it just keeps getting better and better for, for a marketer like me. And I'm, I'm looking at that going, this thing is only a couple years old, man. I mean, it literally, it's only a few years old. And, and so who really knows anything about where this is going? We don't even know how awesome this is going to be yet, but I know I'm investing in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, is, is there, are there huge gaps? Absolutely. Uh, here's what I do know. I, I do know that in terms of a trend, online marketing is going to overcome everything else and swallow it all up. It, it will become the yeah. single most profitable thing a business owner can do yeah. if they do it right. Yeah. There's no, and that's already true, I believe, from the perspective I'm standing in. But their own, their newspaper is still out there, and there's a certain demographic that still reads it. And there's, you know, there's still other print advertising, and magazines, and so on, uh, and certain demographics read those. But in terms of, you know, really being able to have a significant impact for most of the businesses I deal with, it's it's online marketing for sure. Yeah. And you know. Well, I think because you can reach people, and honestly, I mean, you test it online and take it offline. I mean, that's the other part. I mean, online dating, more people are meeting with online dating now than I think meet offline or anything. But guess what? You still got to meet offline to go for that coffee. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, totally. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean. Where you're going with that. Wow. Sorry, my, my wheels are spinning because, Bob, I got so much background knowledge like on you and everything else, and I think that there's there's just so much that we could cover in this time. I really think that... <laughs> we, we could go hours on this stuff, man. You know I love it. I mean, I never get tired of talking about business and scaling a business and growth and marketing. It's just so much fun. Yeah, and especially seeing the results that you get help get people. So um, that's, awesome. that's, that's, I think, the real benefit, too. So Now, for those people that are listening here, well, is there anything... Bob, was there anything that I, I should have asked you that I haven't asked you yet? So I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't know that that's true, but there was one thing I did want to uh, kind of touch on. Like people have asked me a lot, like, what is, you know, Bob, what's the, the thing I should focus on the most? Like what one thing, if, if you had to pick one thing and I'm trying to grow my business and, you know, I just, what, what should I really put my focus and energy on? I would make it, make this the thing. I would say make revenue generation your obsession. Like, not like I want to do that. I like to think about it. Make it an obsession. Like every day you're looking at it going, am I generating revenue? Is is this what I'm doing right now, generating revenue? Or is it just spinning my wheels? If it's spinning your wheels, get it off your plate. Give it to somebody else if it has to be done. But your job as the leader, as the business owner, as the, the director of the, of the traffic, so to speak, you've got to make it your obsession. You're totally obsessed with with income generation, with revenue generation. And if you do that, you cannot fail. Mm, I love that. You know what else I love about that too is I remember one of my mentors saying, Daryl, if you put full-time hours in anything, it's going to be really difficult 
for you to not be successful at that once you start gaining momentum. <laughs> if you put well, full-time also, hours. That goes hand-in-hand, hand, Daryl, with like once you make revenue generation your obsession, then money fixes a lot of problems. Right. you got money rolling in. Now you can just hire people. You, can, you have a lot more choices once that becomes a reality. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Bob, I, I really appreciate your time today. For the listeners that have been listening and that have really enjoyed what we've gone over, if they want to dive deeper with you, if they want to get in touch, if they want to follow and learn some of the, the techniques and the, and the nitty-gritty know-how stuff about automating the business that you've taught me, that you can share, what are some of the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Well, uh, two things. Uh, you can always go to my website, marketingautomationgroup.com. Uh, there's a ton of resources there, some videos, training, free stuff. Um, but also for your listeners, I, I put something together specific just for the people on this podcast, and I want to give that out too. It's uh, go to magauthority, M-A-G, authority.com slash best business. And when you go to that URL, you'll get a download. I put together uh, a focus worksheet that I, I give out to my clients. So it'll really help you eliminate distractions, shiny objects, and get back to that making revenue generation your obsession. It'll It's a, wor- it's a process. It's a one-page worksheet. But if you go through it, and that do the steps that are on that worksheet and you are going to really like pop as like, okay, I know exactly what I need to be doing today because I find that focus is, is really something that most business owners have to come back at. And they're like, am I focused? Am I losing, you know, am I off track here? And that worksheet will help you get back and get your mojo back. Um, so again, that's magauthority.com slash best business. And, uh, and yeah, please use that, enjoy it and, uh, and send me some feedback if you, uh, if you get a lot out of it. That's awesome. So everyone, that was M-A-G-A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y dot com slash best business. Bob, I just really appreciate that. I know that you could be doing 101 other things at this time, and I know that some people on this call probably really needed to hear some of the stuff we covered again. For those of you listening, if you didn't, please go back and maybe listen again and take some notes if you weren't taking notes, um, which you, you don't know what you don't know. And if you, if, if you don't take action now, if you don't make the notes today, it's just going to be lost. You know, don't, don't wait for tomorrow. So. Totally. Bob, thank you. Over the years, I've just been an honor and a pleasure to be able to learn from you, to watch you grow, and to just be part of your community as well. So just thank you so much for sharing with my listeners today, and uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you very much. You're most welcome, and uh, and you know, thanks again for having me. It was a ton of fun, and, I, and like I said, I love doing this, and I'm happy to help in any way I can. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.